0: Good evening ladies and gentlemen, delighted you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. My name is Rory O'Hagan here with you until 7 o'clock and a busy show coming your way between now and then. We are going to be talking Ireland versus France and the Six Nations. We're going to get analysis from former Ireland international Fiona Hayes. And we're going to hear from the captain as well, Kira Griffin speaking after yesterday's game. We're going to talk to our old pal Spike O'Sullivan. He was just to be fighting in Belgium in two weeks time. Remember, that card has since been postponed. So we'll talk to Spike about the disappointment of that, what's going to happen next, and also the frustration not being able to fight. He hasn't fought since January of last year. So while that's coming in that Spike Sullivan interview a little bit later on. We're also going to talk to Cor Colonel Robbie O'Flynn about return to action with the Rebels in the next few weeks. So a busy show coming your way between now and seven. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. And thank you very much indeed, folks, for tuning into the show this evening. Going to kick off with Manchester United's win over Burnley, Peter Smith. Manchester United 3, Burnley 1. Burnley changed their system but still caused plenty of menace. Woods header after 15 seconds was chalked off for a marginal offside. United went ahead two minutes after the break with an outstanding move. Rashford's marauding cross on the run was dummied brilliantly by Fernandes. Greenwood then fired in first time. Tarkovsky's header levelled but then another goal from Greenwood with a deflected shot before Cavani sealed it in stoppage time. Manchester United 3, Burnley 1. Oh, that dummy from Fernandez! Oh, absolutely fantastic stuff. In the ga- day's early game, Arsenal and Fulham playing on a one-all draw, guys, windles. Arsenal won, Fulham won. Arsenal snatching a point after six minutes of time added on. Fulham looked as if they were going to cling on for a crucial three points in their battle against relegation. They'd gone one up through Majar's penalty in the 59th minute after extensive VAR checks. Arsenal hammered at the Fulham goal in the match they'd seen a goal ruled out for offside they hit the post another cleared off the line but in the end Nakataya just managed to poke the ball over the line after Fulham couldn't clear a corner Arsenal 1 Fulham 1 So as he was mentioning there, that's a massive blow to Fulham's hopes of Premier League survival after they conceded that uh, stoppage time goal. They're now six points from safety, five games left to go for the Cottagers. But uh, Fulham manager Scott Parker thinks that uh, Arsenal's goal shouldn't have stood today people don't maybe don't understand but that as a consequence of where my keeper's positioning is where the defenders are whether he's gone for the ball or not he's two yards away from the goal line and he's in an offside position so uh, yeah I, I don't know yeah that's what's disappointing arsenal manager Mikel Arteta though says his side responded well after going behind today we took
2: risk in the right way i think we kept controlling the game created chances which could have scored 3 or 4 so overall I think that we totally deserve to win the match
3: but we gave the penalty away and put ourselves in in a difficult position
0: The second FA Cup semi-final taking place at half past 6 as Leicester and Southampton go head-to-head for the right to face Chelsea in the decider George Alderman has the team sheets at Wembley
2: Leicester bring back one of their naughty boys for this FA Cup semi final with Southampton as Iose Perez starts here at Wembley. But James Madison and Hamza Chowdhury, who were also left out of their recent Premier League defeat to West Ham for breaching coronavirus rules, have to make do with a place on the bench. Otherwise, Leicester pretty much at full strength with the informed Kelechi Ionaccio leading the line once again alongside Jamie Vardy. For Southampton, they make one change from their loss to top flight strugglers West Brom. Theo Walcott drops to the bench with Musa Gineppo taking his place. There's 4,000
0: fans here to see whether it'll be Leicester City or Southampton who join Chelsea in next month's final. The game kicks off at half past six. Big news today as well about the uh, plans for a breakaway European Super League. Now it's believed that Liverpool, Manchester United and Chelsea along with Arsenal and Tottenham are among the clubs who've signed up to the project which would be a rival to the Champions League. The Premier League has condemned the proposal saying it attacks the principles of open competition and Sporting Merit, uh, they released a statement earlier on today saying, A European Super League undermines the appeal of the whole game and has a deeply damaging impact on the immediate and future prospects of the Premier League and its member clubs and all those in football who rely on our funding and solidarity to prosper. We'll work with the fans, the FA, the EFL, the PFA and the LMA as well as other stakeholders at home and abroad to defend the integrity and future prospects of English football in the best interests of the game. UEFA also not happy. Not happy at all with this. And they released a statement saying if this were to happen we wish to reiterate that we that is UEFA the English FA uh, the Premier League La Liga Liga Syria and also FIFA and all our member associations will remain united in our efforts to stop this cynical project a project that is founded on the self-interest of a few clubs at a time when society needs more solidarity more than ever. We will consider all measures available to us at all levels, both judicial and sporting, in order to prevent this happening. Football is based on open competitions and sporting merit. It cannot be any other way. As previously announced by FIFA and the six federations, the club's concerned will be banned from playing in and other competitions at domestic European. European or world level and their players could be denied the opportunity to represent their national team so UEFA coming out very very strongly this afternoon about that proposed European uh, Super League remains to be seen what will happen there but very very interesting stuff Emerging this evening. Elsewhere today, Rangers beating Celtic 2 0 in their Scottish Cup fourth round game at Ibrox. Today, Stephen Davis scored for Stephen Jared's side in the first half, along with an own goal from John Joe Kenny. The result means the boys will not win any silverware this season. Elsewhere, Hibbs had a comfortable 4 0 win at home to Stranraer. Elsewhere here at home, um, Dundalk are on the lookout for a new management team after Filippo Giovagnoli announced his departure from the club today. Now, they say goodbye to players at training this morning. They were in the Dugout, uh, he was in the dugout uh, for the final time uh, for last night's one all draw against St. Patrick's Athletic. Now, his exit follows on from um, team manager Steve, uh, Shane Keegan, uh, last night. Uh, neither departure has yet to be formally acknowledged by the club, though. It's been an interesting ride for Giovanni, who arrived from the Met Oval Academy in New York last August after Vinnie Perth had left he uh, led the uh, side to the Europa League and uh, secure, to, to the group stage of the Europa League scoring silverware as well as they won the FAI Cup against Shamrock Rovers in the Aviva. Uh, he was given the job on a permanent basis but then demoted from head coach to coach Keegan was named the team manager and a lot of nudge nudge wink wink kind of things going on there about to, who was really managing the club uh, because have did not have, hold a pro licence and of course they were fined as well by UEFA uh, for shadow coaching in the the Europa League group stages as well so it's been a very very interesting story now uh, Dundalk Sporting Director Jim Jilton um, gave a very very titchy interview last night to LMFM and uh, the Assemble Media after the one all draw. Uh, it's uh, worth listening to.
3: Listen before we start next twenty. I know you're going to ask questions about what's happened over the last twenty four hours. We're not going to answer any questions. That okay? So we'll make a statement in due course. There you go. So if we want to talk about the game. Just talk about the game.
0: is that due course is that today?
3: No, it'll be in due course.
0: You'll appreciate that seems
3: like a rather strange. Uh, it's well, it's what it is. So, game or not? Well, who who picked the team today for the game? Who do you think picked the team? Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> <you>. Right, game. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> want to talk about the game? That is game related, Jim. It is game related. Yeah. Anyone want to talk about the game? Well, I've asked you a question about the game. Yeah. yeah. Well, who do you think picked the game? Who who picked the team? The team team was pick the team would have been already picked, you know I think, going into this game. Going into a game like this. it it, it is difficult to talk about the game when everything else is going around, so that's the only problem. Mm. So like in terms of But well listen, we will clarify all this in due course. Promise you that. We will clarify everything that you want to ask. Okay, and that'll be done in the next few days I'm sure. Stuff
0: that has to be sorted out then?
3: Yeah, of course. Of course there is
4: is Filippo gone
3: where is, is he, has he left the club as, as well uh, we will clarify everything in the next few days promise you that tonight's game yes you, you, thanks uh, Jerry yes tonight yes was a, a very good performance it was yeah you listen be happy with that. I, think, I think when you're going through that spell and you know you've stopped Successive defeats and they showed courage, they showed character, which this team has in abundance. And today was important, it was an important statement for them more than anything. And I think they deserved it in the end. I think they pressed the game and they got their just rewards.
0: Yeah, Jim Majilton, they're not at all impressed with uh, <laughs> being asked about what was happening at the club yesterday, and that was obviously before uh, the news uh, emerged that uh, Filippo Giovagnoli had left the club Uh, but uh, you can certainly see there certainly very, very touchy stuff uh, from uh, Jim Magilton following uh, last night's game Uh, but it'll be interesting to see who comes into the hot seat at Dundalk um, because they're certainly struggling this season and uh, I suppose the the first that's seen Keegan and Giovagnoli leave over the last 48 hours, 24 hours it's... uh, Interesting what's going on there at uh, Oriel Park. Speaking of managerial departures, Bayern Munich saying that they disapprove of boss Hansi Flick, publicly saying he wants to terminate his contract this summer. He's the favourite to succeed Germany head coach Joachim Löw when he steps down after the Euros Bayern and say they'll continue talks with Flick, who's won six trophies in a year and a half in charge. Elsewhere in golf, Shane Laurie's seven under par through six in the final round of the RBC Heritage. He is in a tie for 26th. Former Open champion Stuart Sink has a five-stroke lead on 18 under par. In motorsport, Max Verstappen has won the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix at Imola. The Red Bull driver finishing ahead of Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes in second with Lando Norris in the McLaren in third place. Elsewhere in snooker, Chan Peng of China leads four-time winner John Higgins 4-2 in their first run of at The World Nuclear Championships, first, say, 10-frame uh, contests. Elsewhere, David Gilbert beat Chris uh, Wakeland, 10 frames to four, to see him into the next round. We are going to start the show with rugby tonight. I'm going to hear from uh, former Ireland international Fiona Hayes talking about the defeat to France yesterday, and where that leaves this Irish team. Of course, they'll now face Italy in the third-place playoff next week, but a big 41-point win for France yesterday... Disappointing, considering the nature of the big win over Wales last week. France were always going to be a step up in competition, but to 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 concede eight tries and lose by forty-one points, massively disappointing. We'll hear from Fiona in just a bit. First, though, the reaction of Ireland captain uh, Kira Griffin uh, to that big defeat yesterday. It's
4: not the happiest dressing room, but in terms of us and what we can do, is focus on what we can improve, what we can fix, what we can change, and just focusing on us. so that's that's the main thing really what we can bounce back with now because we have a like you know a big week this week leading up again and you can't drop your head now because it's not finished yet we've at, we've another cup final next weekend um, and you have to get ready for that. I think that's something that a lot of people are applauding.
5: Least over the last week or so is the confidence and you seem to like they won't knock you for the
4: week going forward. Yeah, exactly. Look. Like Valerie, we, like we know the work we put in, um, all, the, all the work under that jersey. And, and look, things didn't go our way today, and it, we made errors. And that's what you learn from against world class teams. Do you know, we, we learned out those areas, and those areas now can be picked up and improved for next week, and that'll be one area covered.
5: What can you learn from facing a side like France compared to Wales last week? They were a different beast altogether.
4: Yeah, look, they're, look yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said they're a strong team, but also we can learn focusing on us and um, focusing on our process what we can control and um, so it's not playing into their hands at times um, and we will do our vision we'll do our footage review and our analysis but a big thing for us is focusing on our tempo and our control and just controlling the ball the way we want to control it and not as well playing to play into hands like that.
5: Adam is saying he didn't feel like uh, your performance reflected the scoreboard
4: are you feeling the same? Yeah I am to be honest um, but the one thing I'd say Valerie is Every girl out there, every woman out there, everyone 23, we kept going to the minutes. something minutes. You know, no one dropped their head. The scoreboard was, look, you couldn't change it after a while, unfortunately, but we kept focusing on us and, and going forward and, and just protecting our line and kept going and kept going for that try, for that second try. And I take a lot from that for this group in terms of that mental toughness. And um, that's going to help us lead into this week, that mental resilience. Thanks, Ciara. Good luck for the next week.
0: Yeah, that's uh, Kira Griffin speaking to our own Valerie Wheeler after uh, yesterday's game. And we're going to hear from uh, former international Fiona Hayes. I caught up with her earlier on today. Okay, for more on Ireland's defeat to France yesterday, joined by Fiona Hayes. Fiona, how are you? I'm good,
1: I'm good. But uh, very, very disappointed after yesterday's game. Um, a lot of talk all week, how, you know. Um, this team were, were, were kind of on the off and I suppose a lot of supporters and, and players are like, were excited at the game and it just it just literally showed us the 41-point gap. It showed us that there really is a big gulf between the top two and the rest, I think, at the minute.
0: Adam Griggs said afterwards yesterday that the better than the scoreline reflects yesterday, but it was just one of those days yesterday, Fiona, I guess.
1: It's one of those days, but then the other side of things, I mean, like, um, they're calling out to be looked at and there's a lot of, focus uh, being put on the the game by by the media as well so that's a good thing but then you've got to critique the performance and you've got to take that critique as well and To be honest with you, it just just didn't happen. The set piece um, fell apart at times. And, I mean, um, 20 penalty count is very, very high. Discipline wasn't great. So they are very fixable things. But I I think they're going to really have to have a look at maybe what went wrong from having such a massive performance the week before against Wales. Do
0: you think that win over Wales kind of maybe, and, and the nature of it, the big win over, maybe took a little bit out of them, and maybe they kind of took their eye off the ball a little bit going into the France game?
1: Yeah, I imagine they were focused. They would, they would know exactly um, the difference between a Welsh team that was a very, very poor Welsh team. We saw we dis, we discussed that last week, and the French team are very, very good. I mean, I even looked at the game and um, the French put out their starting nine and ten in general they had them on the bench, maybe three or four starters in the pack were were also on the bench were player year Jesse Jesse didn't even bring over. So I I, I thought France were being a bit arrogant, but it absolutely Mm -hmm. shows their squad depth to me it just shows that they, they kind of can put anyone in there and they're all at the same level because obviously they're semi-professional and training week in, day in day out together as a massive squad of maybe 40 and, and, and I think that was the difference. The girls wouldn't have underestimated going into this challenge but I suppose their confidence would have been exceptionally high from that big Welsh win
0: And they had a lot of eyes on them yesterday as well considering all the hype in the build-up uh, to the game um, this week. Do you reckon nerves might have played a factor yesterday as well?
1: Yeah, I suppose that's that's kind of what we want. You know, we want women watching, we want lads watching the the women's rugby because when when they play well, we saw against Wales they can really put on a show. Maybe a slight bit of nerves, but they were at home. There was no travelling to the game. They would have been prepping for the two three. two, three days before it really focusing on France. No crowds in the stadium or anything. That might have had a small factor in it. But um, but I, I don't know. It just, things didn't seem to click. And from there, it just, it was almost like you didn't know where to turn to. Very, very dominant physical French pack, I must say. And Ireland just couldn't get over to the game line. And it was almost like we didn't know where to turn to when things weren't going for us.
0: Yeah, and France, a big physical side as well. And once they started, as you mentioned, that that four-pack just kind of broke Ireland down a bit and Ireland had no answer for that.
1: Yeah, exactly that. I mean, it's a very, very strong uh, French pack. I mean, even their two second rows and um, can play back up, oh, big, massive, strong girls. Stafy and Day, Marjorie Moyans, who who has been playing for a long time but has been in and out because she was playing with sevens, was absolutely outstanding. She got player of the game playing number six, and she she just was the epitome of that French team. They brought Menage off the bench, who would be another power horse of a uh, ball carrier, and Ireland just didn't seem to match them they weren't they weren't tackling the same way as they did the week before it was almost like they didn't know how to deal with that power and maybe doubling up on tackles and that's how we were getting caught out wide because leaving that first try, Frank scored off and Ireland would be very, early, they'd be very very disappointed scoring off um, a scrum in that first phase of attack would be very unusual, you know, you'd, you'd normally have a defensive system that can get out so they'll so be very, very disappointed at that but those are tiny things that you could probably look at on video and fix so... Next week is kind of going to be the big focus for them to see where they're at because obviously Italy are in the same playoffs to, to qualify for the World Cup. So Ireland are really, really focusing on this game, I would imagine.
0: Are there any positives to take from the performance yesterday, Fiona?
1: Um, Yeah, I suppose the, the heads didn't drop. They suck at the task. You know, they were still fighting. They got that Um, they got that try off the Mollex. Like, um, which which the, the same in the first half so uh, a positive for me their mall set up when they got that going France didn't know how to deal with that and, and like that was a very very really good uh Couple of tries they scored. I mean, they were probably what ten meters out, and they just literally got that set up. So there was no jump on both tries, and they obviously some something they've really worked on when they want fast balling. So there were some individual performances that were really, really good as well. So I mean, they did take it. I'd say they'll have a look at the video, but they'll park that it wasn't it wasn't the game that they thought it was going to be. But they, it, they don't have time to feel sorry for themselves. As I said, there's a, a very big game next week against Italy and finishing third in the Six Nations would have been something I think they said at the start that they were. That was where they hoped to go. I mean, England and France, you always want to knock them off the top, mm. but it wasn't meant to be this year.
0: Um, yeah, heading back into training after a big defeat like this, um, I suppose it, it, as you said, the girls don't have time to feel sorry for themselves, but is it going to be hard for them to pick themselves up at the same time?
1: Yeah, and you know what? It was absolutely physical, massive battle there um, and I've seen, I saw Ciara Griffin, the captain actor, Black Eye so I'd imagine the bodies are sore you are going to have to get that right before they go anywhere. I know after wins and I know from playing myself, when you win it's almost like your body doesn't even feel the pain, you know, you get on with it you go about your day, some of those girls probably have to go back to work, teaching and different things, so they need to get the body right but I'd imagine when they regroup on Wednesday and Thursday, they'll have to, You don't have time to feel sorry for themselves like you said, and and they're going to have to just focus on Italy and put that game to bed and move on. And they will be disappointed because I suppose there was great generation of media attention on them and it was exciting and they wanted to put on a show and, you know, they... they, obviously wasn't meant to be so they're going to be looking at next week about this is how we can fix it and that's what you do you put that game to bed and you, you move on to the next game and you try and right the right wrongs from the last game but, but definitely something they will have to look at and look at videos would be their discipline and as I said that's easily fixed but they've got to sort it out 20 penalties will be very very high.
0: Fiona would you be worried that people would just read the scoreline of yesterday's game and start uh, I suppose dismissing this Irish team just based on yesterday's performance?
1: Yeah, that goes on all I was only reading that this morning and, you know, you have everyone writing their opinions underneath it and saying, oh, they were looking for media attention and then they, they, they show all this and they were quietly confident how embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. It's a, there's a big, there's a, we, we've... Sp- talked before about the the golf they're semi professional the French team they're paid Mm. athletes Ireland aren't they have to go back to work they have to go about their daily lives and try and pick themselves up go to the gym at 6 go train after so you know I think anyone that watched the game will understand that there is a difference in physicality there and you, but you wouldn't fault the Irish team. As I said, they put it, they put their bodies on the line. And I think what they, what they'll do is they look at that and they, and they'll go out and focus on next week's Game and trying to put on a show and really kind of right that wrong as I said from last week and that and that will show people that they have that ability to perform and it, and and you know what on the other side of things as well Rory that French team watching some of the rugby they played mm-hmm. was absolutely outstanding so you didn't from an Irish supporter point of view you would have been disappointed but to look at the rugby on show wow they really really tightened things up and it was an absolute outstanding performance from mm. them also you have to admit
0: Yeah they were absolutely uh, an absolute pleasure to watch yesterday um, Fiona there was an interesting debate in the RT coverage afterwards um, about Ireland not producing enough players and not enough players coming through the system what would your view on that be
1: um, yeah that's always been an issue for a long time I mean like in France you know or whenever they're still playing rugby we haven't played here as we we know in, in a year so like there's nothing mm-hmm. we can do with that but that's all obviously got to do with that semi-professional professional side of it I think they were arguing or they were chatting about afterwards the, the difference is that bar one of the 23 um, most of those girls have been playing rugby since an under eight age age um, in Ireland it's, it, it, whatever way it works it seems like girls and women are picking up that rugby ball later in, in, in life whether it's the opportunities aren't there whether it's not pushed at um, that kind of level I don't know I mean you look at you look at your fourth and gender with the debate that rages a lot of girls want to play GA or soccer at that age rugby might be marked as a bit too physical for, for under to be playing so it's definitely something that you have to try and look at and try and get the players play younger but also, you know, I've spoken before about that gap in that under twenties trying thing, and they all have an under twenties team, and that bridge, that kind of bridges that gap where where people can finish. You know, when they're playing eighteen, a lot of girls don't take that step up to senior level because there's nothing to try to, to, to strive for. Because you obviously Barbavian, who's absolutely brilliant, and a couple of others in general, I found with coaching and monster in that, that a lot of the girls would drop out, and they just there's no nothing to go for if they can get under 20 teams across the provinces going I think that would definitely help with that and also get out there and get girls kind of getting involved at an earlier age
0: Yeah interesting point um, Italy now again next week um, so what are we expecting from Italy they had a good win over Scotland yesterday they had a 21 point win it was a bit, probably a bit closer than the scoring suggests yesterday but what are you expecting from them now next week
1: Yeah I watched that game another exciting the Italians um are absolutely exciting to watch. Wouldn't be anywhere as near a physicalist as France at times, but they definitely are very, very structured. And, and you can see they love to throw the ball around for a big offloading game. game. Um, I think from what I noticed is um, in, in the games, what Ireland would want to be doing is getting that it, under pressure. Italy's hand skills might be up to scratch. The same as Ireland at times, because obviously the clubs haven't been playing rugby so they've been only training amongst themselves as well so I would be I would imagine Ireland be looking at getting that line speed up a bit better than they did against France particularly under pressure because they'll still make those passes and they'll still do those offloads but if you can get an Italian team under pressure I think that's when they'll crack and Ireland would be very capable of doing that and I would hope to see a return of um the the French pack that, or the Irish pack that we saw against Wales because they're, they're their scrummaging their lineout um out their, their execution of that was absolutely brilliant and when French pressure came, came on it seemed to it down a bit so I think Ireland really need to look at that set piece and really getting their, their, their big ball carriers getting game line in their carries and I think with that and a big high up defence we can really stop that Italian team
0: and Ireland were on change yesterday Fiona if you are Adam Griggs would you be making changes for this Italy game?
1: Absolutely. I wouldn't change the whole structure of the team. I mean, we, we, I've talked in the past how they haven't been settling on a 10 for maybe the last four years. So you're probably going to have to, if, whether, whether or not you think of had an amazing game, it's good. Get her game from, get her in there. Stick with the 10. We need, we need that kind of cohesion. That's what we've been lacking. And I, I, so I think he might maybe, I'm not too sure he might make a couple of changes in the centre partnership. They didn't really get ball. In that French game, it didn't go out to the wings where we wanted to get out there. So he might have a look at maybe bringing in a couple of players there. But I would imagine... um in the way things have gone in the past, he gives the girls that chance to right their wrongs and let them give a, a big performance and show their work. You can't, in like, it, it's hard. I know it's international rugby, but it's very hard to drop a player after one bad game mm-hmm. when especially nearly, I, I'd say, across the line, no one paid to their potential. So, so I think they'll have a group they will refocus and maybe look at that penalty count. And if there was anything out of sync, there with maybe a couple of players giving away too many penalties, he might focus on that and bring in some fresh legs. But as far as I know, I don't think we came away with any injuries from the game. So it would be kind of, and if he wants to change things tactically, maybe he might change it up. But I would imagine fairly similar team.
0: Excellent, Fiona. It's been a pleasure talking to you this afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench.
1: No problem, Pamphilini Rory. Right.
0: Yeah, really interesting stuff there from former Ireland international Fiona Hayes on that big defeat to France yesterday, where Ireland uh, go from here next up, Italy next weekend in that third place playoff. I'm uh, just going to hear briefly from Ireland's uh, Stacey Flood chatting to her own Valerie after the game yesterday.
5: Stacey, first of all, I suppose maybe you can give us your initial reaction to that performance. Yeah, look, I don't
6: think they score like, like the game whatsoever. Um, it did take us a while to get into it and just some of the decisions in the first half could have gone either way and we just didn't really build ourselves the platform to get going into the game and get our, our stamp on it even like from going from last week's win to this week's like loss it's just um, it's hard to take because we know we are better than that so um, it's just another step and stone into next week and hopefully we can just Re-,
5: re focus on ourselves and go again next weekend. Did you feel there was a lot of pressure on you this week considering how well you played last week? Um, I wouldn't say pressure. Um, I'd say not from the outside
6: anyway. From the inside you're just looking at getting a performance from yourself and from the team. So just mm, sorry. Um, I wouldn't say pressure. I'd just say pressure to perform again not for a win or a loss just to get that team performance and build through the phases and just get the team going and building on what we started last weekend and look one win doesn't make it a great team and one loss doesn't make it a bad team so just have to keep building on
5: what we're doing and try to execute next weekend I know you've had plenty camps together now um, but how are you finding the experience of playing with the girls? Oh it's amazing like um, obviously it's great to have the opportunity to come into 15s because
6: um, we've been in the 7 set for so long and just the amount we, ha- I have learned personally and the girls who've come in as well um, have learned it's just amazing in such a short amount of time to be able to open your eyes to a new game a new tactical game it's just great experience and I know a lot of bad has come from Covid
5: and stuff but it's great to have that opportunity to play 15s and get capped as well so really happy with that yeah amazing and maybe personally your own experience and your own performance today Um, look I came on
6: and I was told play just play what you see play ball and I suppose as a sevens player that's all you want to do you just want to throw the ball around it's a lovely day for it it was a bit windy but we had the wind with us in the second half lucky enough and got a few kicks in and stuff so just happy trying to get the ball out to the fast wingers we have so Yeah, I'm happy enough, but obviously there's a lot of stuff to work on as well, and you always learn more from a performance, from a loss than a win anyway, I think, so.
0: Stacey Flodd there speaking to Valerie in the aftermath of yesterday's defeat to France in the Six Nations. Still to come on the show tonight, we're going to be talking hurling with Robbie O'Flynn in just a bit and we're going to talk boxing with Spike O'Sullivan. Stick with us on The Big Red Bench. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Dolly, you could join us for The Big Red Bench this evening? We're here with you until 7pm. It's just kicked off at Wembley, Leicester and Southampton going head-to-head. 4,000 fans in attendance today as well, a sign of things, maybe sli- starting to get slowly back to normal and who knows, maybe we might even be seeing full attendances by the end of the year, It'd be absolutely fantastic. I know from going to Cork City matches over the last one, I appreciate that I'm very lucky to be able to, to see matches in the flesh, it's, it's, it's a strange experience without supporters in the ground, so hopefully this is a sign of things are slowly getting back to normal and we'll have full houses back at matches very, very soon indeed. Now we're going to talk boxing now And Spike O'Sullivan Was due to be fighting in Belgium In a fortnight's time However The Celtic Warriors card there Has been postponed Massive disappointment for Spike Who had been training very very hard uh, In lockdown to get ready for this bout And uh, I caught up with Spike To discuss it uh, earlier on this week Alright joined on the line now by our good friend Spike O'Sullivan Spike how are you sir? Fantastic Rory, yourself? It's good to see you man It's been ages since I saw you
2: I know, it's been a while this bloody Covid just ruining things for everybody
0: <laughs> it certainly is and it's ruined something for you you were supposed to be fighting in two weeks time that fight in Belgium is now off um, can you describe I suppose how frustrating that is and how annoyed you were when you got the news oh it
2: was unbelievable I uh, got, just got to walk up to a text message yesterday to from my manager Pascal Collins and uh just said that the, the fight was off, that UFC I think had um, pulled the plug on the broadcast of the fight with the uncertainty around the travel restrictions around Europe and mm. uh, they were just afraid that, that it might show might fall apart or whatever and uh, they didn't want to take a chance, they wanted to have all their viewing slots filled or whatever and it just they pulled out so that was the end of the show so it was very disappointing, I've been uh, working very hard getting my weight back down I was saying to the air, earlier uh, off air that I was like 14 stone um, uh, back in June 2020 so it was hard work to get back from there and uh, I was within touch in distance of my 11 stone fighting weight and uh, I worked very very hard to get there and uh, had the fight called off last two and a half weeks prior to the fight it was uh, very frustrating yeah
0: like What's your initial reaction then? Is it like straight to the chocolate and, and then the bread and the crisps or do you have to stay disciplined? Well, I'm gonna continue to train. I have been continuing <laughs> to train. I trained twice.
2: <laughs> Would I be honest? Uh, when Pascal texts me, there, I got up before seven am, and uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this interview. But I went downstairs, and uh, there was a big mess. If I know it was there. I was in the fridge, and I loved the cold chocolates. there was a big, massive dairy milk there, and I, I ate the entire <laughs> thing. And uh, and I seen some lovely chocolate cookies and or no chocolate muffins, and I tucked into one of them as well. And uh, I couldn't eat the chocolate yogurt either, so I had one of them as well. I swear to God, when I was going up back up the stairs to call the kids for school or whatever, I felt like I was about 14, so on <laughs> again.
0: Oh. It happened so quickly, like.
2: Okay. Yeah, and uh, today I do not I haven't been having much bread at all the last probably good few weeks, and, uh, or potatoes either, so I had a big stew and. Most of us, no, most of us, gull with an <laughs> absolute lash of butter on it.
0: <laughs> I don't think anybody would begrudge you that, dude, to be honest. I, know, I enjoyed it anyway. <laughs> um, this card in Belgium was a big uh, Celtic Warriors card, it was going to be a good showcase for a lot of the guys.
2: Yes, a uh, misfortune for all the lads. Late, right? you know, there was a good few of us, there's five of us on it. My sparring partner, Craig O'Brien, and Niall O'Connor, and Ray that they were all back and they, they out there a month ago and we had a great time there and uh, it was a great um, you know very well done show and uh, the promoter was great and everything was very good about it and I was really looking forward to going back out there and uh very disappointed I, I spoke with Craig earlier on the phone and uh, he's very disappointed as well and uh, he's having a bit of shock to himself uh, <laughs> no, we're, all, we're all very disappointed but look you know we just got to get the head back down and double down and uh train and be in better condition again by the time the next fight comes down.
0: Has Pascal given you any indication as to, to when it might be rescheduled for or is it a case of now looking for another fight?
2: I think he doesn't really know but they're trying to reschedule it but you know we're, we're uncertain at this point but uh, he's saying maybe in the next four weeks but I'm not sure I, exactly and I'm going to hold my breath on that myself and uh, I, I, I don't know what, what's going to happen next. It's frustrating but I'm going to do my best to uh stay focused on gate training
0: and you haven't fought known in, in 16 months Spike which or oh, due to COVID which is uh, a very long time in the, la- the life of a fighter
2: yeah it's the longest uh, period of uh, inactivity in my full career and uh, this has gone into my 14th year now as a professional and I've uh, never been able to ring for longer uh, you know I was really looking forward to getting back in and uh, getting cob- riddled the cobwebs and uh, getting back into fighting shape but uh, uh, I'll get there you know I'll uh, It'll, it'll come around again and uh, I'll be ready
0: mm. you've obviously been up and down to, to Celtic Warriors training an awful lot in the, in the build up to this I mean like uh, like has it been hard kind of getting back on the on the wagon so to speak and trying to get back in full shape and trying to get back to fighting weight well do
2: you know what I kept uh, reasonably fit all the time even though my diet wasn't great and I was overeating and you know, I put on weight but I was still reasonably fit and I kept strong. I was I actually partially put on a bit of weight from doing weights as well as doing weights with Dave O'Connell and my strength mm-hmm. coach in the that, you know, through the full lockdown we've done a lot of weights, you know, and I think I'm better in that regard than I ever have ever have been. So I feel stronger than I ever was and we've done a lot of you know a lot of good stuff. Uh, so mm-hmm. I I feel very, very good. Um but it's been a long time out alright.
0: Yeah, your last fight was uh, Jaime Munguia um, in January of 2020, which again is a long time ago, a fight that was quite close, especially coming off a loss like that, Spike, you must have wanted to get back into the ring as soon as possible, so to to be out of action for 16 months must be especially frustrating. I
2: had a good few injuries in that fight, so, you know, I, I, it would have taken a while to kind of come back anyway, two bursts of air drums in that fight and a cut off my left eye, so I... Uh, mm-hmm. But as soon as I recovered I would've liked him to get back in. You know, he's definitely, uh yeah. but um it wasn't you know, it's been a long time and it wasn't to be this time. But uh you know, as a I'm a very experienced fighter and uh, I've been doing well in sparring. I've been doing good with of sparring the last 12, 13 weeks. I feel very fortunate to be able to travel up and love in the a bit, you know. I am. I feel I'm I'm very thankful for that. Uh, it's great for all my friends are stuck here around the place like but uh you know I'm feeling very lucky to be able to do that and uh, I've enjoyed it
0: yeah, so what's the plan now is, is just train yourself by yourself at home and with Dave in, in strength and conditioning and head up to Dublin every so often now is it there
2: yeah well it's it's a lot of to be going up to Dublin staying in the hotels and eating up there and whatever like you know so it doesn't really make sense to be just up there mm-hmm. if I don't have a fight date so uh, yeah I so was out the back now this morning with um, a punch bag and I'm going to go to Dave's tomorrow and do a uh, strength uh, he's a lot of weights facility at his place he's a squat rack and weights, you know, so uh, yeah, running i've done been doing a lot of running, so um yeah just keep him, keep him fit and, you know keeping busy on the bag and that
0: exactly and um I suppose if anyone's listening to this and any fighters listen to this and they want to fight i mean like you you're willing to fight, i suppose anytime anywhere any place i guess
2: uh this has always been the case throughout my career like you know, but uh like I want to take a pathway to the the world title and the you know I still promoted by Golden buy Promotions and um, I believe I could fight for the world title before the the end of the year so um, you know maybe I might fight in Boston before that or Belgium I'd like to fight in Belgium because they were very nice people out there I had a great experience there and uh, it was just something new as well for me you know I never fought in Belgium before it was my first time in Belgium a month ago and I really enjoyed it there unfortunately there was no fans and. I kind of look forward to experiencing that too as well uh, a new experience a new thing yeah. like just, I like to experience new things all the time so um, I like to fight with no crow just to just to experience it You know, so hopefully I get to do that or before the crows are back you know, who knows I might fight before the crows are back the crows might be back when I fight I, I don't know
0: Hmm. How have you found actually watching boxing fights and cards without the crowds? Because it's it's a strange kind of experience I've found. Because you can hear the corners shouting a lot clearer to their fighters. You can really hear the sounds of the punches landing, and especially the body shots as well. So it's it, it's been a different experience for us as fans watching it. What do you make of it as a fighter watching fights without fans? It almost feels
2: like you're nearly in the gym, kind of like you know I gotta pretty big television there and they sit fairly so when the fights are on like, so it nearly feels the like same in the gym watching the fights you know because there's no crowd there and I can hear the cornerman shouting like such instructions and you know so that's what it kind of nearly feels like to me you know like it feels like a, a spar in the gym or whatever
0: um, Speaking of Golden actually who you mentioned a while ago Oscar de la Hoya's um, on the road back apparently and you sent a few tweets in his direction saying that you'd be willing to step up
2: Absolutely, as you know, I mean, sure, like, he's a six-weight world champion, he's an Olympic gold medalist, he's a all-time legend, like, you know, a Hall of Famer, and, um, you know, to share the ring with him would be unbelievable. Um, I'd, I'd love to fight him, you know, but I got the utmost respect for him, and I'm sure he does for me too. and you know, we're fighting men in the end of the day, and we, mm. we would have to fight. And I'm sure we'd have a drink after the fight, like, you know, there'd be no hard feelings, and we both try to win or whatever. But um, I don't know if he's going to fight me. I knew I, I did say I was like a uh, second favorite in the bookmakers to fight him, or I did see that um in America. But uh, I, I heard he might be fighting maybe someone more on his own age than me. So let's see what I'm for. So who knows? They might call me up, you know, when they called me for the monkey fight, I wasn't expecting that one either. Mm. Um, and when the phone rings up, you know, I never turn down a fight, so I'm, I'm up for any fight, and uh, I'm waiting on the call, and uh, I'll be ready.
0: Yeah, I just saw, like, was it yesterday or the day before that um, Delahoy was in line to fight Eddie Alvarez, the former UFC champion, which would be uh, an interesting fight.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's been linked with a lot of people now, really, like, you know, at this stage, <laughs> you know, so who knows who he's going to fight Like, but eh, no, he's a great fighter and i seen yeah. him in the gym he's looking good he's looks in very good shape and uh, i seen him doing some shadow boxing he said he hasn't sparred yet so that's a whole different kettle of fish when you do start to spar and take the punches how he'll respond to that because he hasn't been punching so many years mm. it'll be interesting to see you know so um, I suppose he, he'll be at the gauge from uh, his sparring if he's, if he's ready to make a comeback or, or not.
0: Yeah I suppose he would be the first um, legend to come back Mike Tyson thinking of recently came back and had an exhibition fight what did you make of that one?
2: It's actually very good um, they look great himself and Jones look really good uh, I was very impressed actually um, I didn't think they'd be as good as they were I thought they'd be you know a couple of levels below that uh, I didn't expect them to be as fit as they were and uh, I thought I enjoyed it actually I was uh, I didn't watch it live it was on late etc I watched it the next day but it was a uh, Cause I actually didn't expect it to be as good as it was, and you know, fair play to him. Like I, I actually kind of I, I met the two of them, and I know am kind of to an extent, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, fair play to him.
0: Yeah, I was hoping they'd have a rematch because it ended in a draw, which I think was um, quite unsatisfying for everyone, and I, I would have loved to have seen a, a rematch between the two of them. Because I just say it actually was good entertainment, and Mike looked really good. I thought I thought Tyson won
2: the fight to be honest I thought he should have, got, should have got the decision I think it was just kind of a you know it was like kind of one of the white collar fights in a hotel where they, they say oh, that was a draw and everyone knows it wasn't that's what I thought I thought Tyson definitely, definitely won it you know but I think they would just be nice to Ray Jones
0: <laughs> I think they might have been alright um, what yeah. other fights I suppose big fights are you looking forward to coming up this year Um.
2: well James Tennyson there he's been in my sparring my gym like the Celtic Warrior gym uh, and he's fighting for the IBO world title there uh, in May so I'm looking forward to that one anyway um, Tyson Fury and Joshua I think as well everyone's looking forward to so I hope that uh, that one's uh, kind of made and done and dusted and everything all the details are revealed soon
0: yeah, fingers crossed it will be. That will be a, a good one if if it does happen. Um, so yeah, fantastic. But uh, Spike, and obviously, it.
2: I'm looking forward to win um, Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders as well on mate. i I'm looking forward to that one. It'll be good.
0: That should be an absolute cracker because like two obviously very good fighters. You shared the ring with uh, Billy Joe Saunders. You know how know how hard he hits and how tough he is. That should be an absolutely cracking fight.
2: Yeah, he's a really good fighter. Billy Sondra is a two-way world champion. Canelo, four-way world champion. Two phenomenal fighters. It's going to be a good one. I can't wait to see that.
0: Makes sense. Spike, it's been a pleasure talking to you this evening, man. Um, looking forward to seeing you back in the ring whenever that does happen. So hopefully you won't be waiting too long, but it's been a good night talking to you and thanks very much for for joining us on the Big Red Bench.
2: My pleasure as always. Cheers, Rory. Thanks for everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely delighted to, to catch up with Spike. Disappointing that um, his fight hasn't uh, come through and that that card uh, was postponed at the, uh, the request of the UFC. As uh, Spike mentioned, it was going to be a UFC fight past that um, cage war- that uh, Celtic Warriors card. But it's just disappointing for I him. Mean, he hasn't fought since January of last year, which is a very, very long time. But hopefully he gets to fight soon and uh, hopefully we'd see Spike uh, getting his arm raised at the end of uh, a fight very 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 soon indeed I didn't stay up to watch uh, Jake Paul and Ben Askren go ahead Jake Paul is a famous YouTuber Uh, Ben Askren former UFC fighter we um, are going head-to-head last night on pay-per-view in the States and it ended inside two minutes and it was the uh, the YouTuber who knocked out the uh MMA star. It was Jake Paul knocking out Ben Askren inside two minutes. I didn't see it live. I've since seen footage of the uh, knockout. Um I'm not saying that Ben Askren took a dive. I'm also not saying that he didn't take a dive uh but he was paid 500 grand his base fee last night and uh he was also going to get a slice of the pay-per-view money uh, he came in completely out of shape didn't take the thing seriously whatsoever performed for less than 2 minutes got his 500 grand and the cut of the pay-per-view to come um took a decent enough right hand Um, but felt like a tree was being chopped in the woods and the referee gave him a standing air count decided no that's enough and uh, yeah Jake Paul gets his arm raised Ben Askren is seen laughing his arse off uh, in the back afterwards and why shouldn't he getting paid a huge amount of money for less than two minutes work and uh, it was interesting to say the least and I've been reading uh, just reports about the event as a whole just saying how surreal It was Daniel Cormier, the former UFC champion, wondering uh, was it rigged? Saying, "Wait a minute," that asking, "Get us all like this is some magician stuff." He wasn't laughing on his way to the back, was he? Come on, Ben. Lol. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't step to watch that. Basically, Uh, Leicester Southampton is about 17 minutes old at Wembley. Weird thing, fans in the crowd for that one, but it is uh, Leicester Nell Southampton. um, But I just 17 minutes on the clock there at Wembley earlier on today in the Premier League Manchester United with a big win as they moved within 8 points of uh, leaders Manchester City they had a 3-0 win over Burnley uh, a 3-1 win I should say over Burnley today thanks to uh, goals from uh, Mason Greenwood to score twice and Edinson Cavani who got uh, finished off a cracking move to make it 3-1 right at the end with United and now 8 points off Manchester City 6 games left it's not impossible it's unlikely but it's not impossible uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there and earlier on Arsenal and Fulham playing out a one-all draw in the day's early kick-off alright we're going to talk uh, Gaelic games the puck for Pieta happening uh, over the, the course of the weekend the Cork hurlers uh, raising money for Pieta House uh, and every player uh, taking an hour to, to put the ball um, uh, for 48 hours straight started on Friday afternoon finishing up uh, this afternoon I spoke to, uh, to Robbie O'Flynn before the event started about the ideas for it uh, the uh, Cork hurler um, is one of the organisers of the event and I spoke to him about that about how it was all going to work and of course return to action with Cork in a couple of weeks so here's my chat uh, with Cork's Robbie O'Flynn Corks, Robbie
7: O'Flynn.
0: Robbie, how are you, boy? I'm all good now, Gary, how are you? I'm good, thanks for taking our call. Um, Come here, tell me, the puck for PA to tell us how it came about.
7: Um, I was just talking to a few few lads and um, Cahill there, he's a bit of our our psychologist at the moment, and we were kind of saying it'd be nice to do something uh, this year again, because it's actually, I think it's nearly a year ago this week or next week that um, we did the the solar run. Mm Mm-hmm. For Miriam which was a great success, like so, um, we just said maybe we can kind of start making this a thing that maybe once a year we can uh, do something for a car charity. Yeah.
0: And puck for PA to tell us about the concept of it.
7: Um, so what's going to happen really is um, on Friday uh, at four o'clock the first player will kick off and uh, we'll go live on um, the Instagram um so everyone can tune in it go, it's going to be basically run kind of the same as uh the sort run but uh fellas will be pucking and they'll be pucking. they might be pucking with their their uh their son or even like their girlfriend or brother or sister for the hour and uh the torch then will be kind of passed on to the next person and it'll go go on for about 48 hours and it'll finish up at three or four on sunday sunday evening
0: so have you done up a roster like who's going to be pucking the ball at 3 o'clock in the morning
7: yeah I'm getting I'm getting a few texts there now at the moment uh, <laughs> saying we can't make this time and that time but um, yeah I'm doing that there now I'm going to do that there after work and uh, I'll send I'll send it in tonight so a few lads I'll be getting a few belts out there when I go back train next week
0: you should um, you should do it for money whoever pays the most money can pick
7: whatever time they want and it goes for the charity I know yeah that's not a bad call actually <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about
0: that <laughs> a lot of players will be paying that to uh, do it so it's um, uh, it's all going to be made of the Pieta house you can uh, get uh, more information idonate.ie forward slash cork hurling and it's going to be streamed as well on Instagram yeah. so people can watch it as well
7: yeah exactly yeah now you can tune in there'll be a few lads race right, um, just poking for the hour like and there'll be a bit of hurling anyway that uh, people are doing to see I suppose so uh, yeah should be good.
0: And people are dying to see it as well. The return to, to action for Cork is just around the corner. You must be quite excited.
7: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, excited is the word. To be honest, um, I just can't wait to actually play a kind of a game. Like obviously, training is training, but uh, there's uh, there's nothing kind of like playing a game. And uh, even from chatting to the other lads, there uh, there's just an excitement there. Really, just to play a match. Um, and that's kind of it's probably kind of the young fellas kind of brought it brought back out, and a lot of fellas. Just kind of that was it playing the games, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to enjoy it much more. I think everyone will probably enjoy everything much more. To be honest, uh, coming into next year, hopefully. Yes, we're
0: year. yes, we're what like three weeks away from that game against Waterford in Parky Cueve in the league, which is it's, it's only just around the corner, basically.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three weeks. Um, it's mad. Uh, yeah, like it's going to be. Like hopefully, like fellas can stay injury free and stuff like that because um, it's going to be tough kind of going back into contact for, uh, from being away from for so long but um, I'm sure all of it, the management thing and coaches have uh, organised that now and uh, kind of uh, allowed us to kind of go back in gradually must, so yeah
0: yeah it must be very frustrating not being able to, to train over the last number of months and meet up with the teammates and all that kind of stuff
7: yeah literally very tough um, all we all we could do is Zoom se- zoom sessions and kind of check in with each other and uh just let her, let each other know that we're kind of still tipping away like with stuff on our own. But um yeah, it's it's been tough now, but um we've managed it well, I think. So hopefully we'll come back in a good good form. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I suppose getting up to full fitness is gonna take a bit of a bit of work, I suppose, and you finally are able to meet up together.
7: Oh definitely, yeah. Like there's like there's I think everyone will kinda of tell you there's two types of fitness. There's your running fitness and your match fitness and uh obviously Finding your match fitness is, is is impossible at the moment, but uh, hopefully, like we've done enough to kind of allow two or three weeks and uh, of of just kind of training, maybe AVB games there now and we'll get it back, get it back up quick enough.
0: It's gonna be lots of laps, I'd say. Is there?
7: Yeah, no, I'd say there won't be. <laughs> enough. I'd say we've done enough for that. They're running now, hopefully, <laughs> just games, all games. Yeah, I hope. And
0: uh, yeah, you must be sick of just running the roads and working out yourself at this point, you.
7: Yeah, yeah, sick to, sick to death of it now, just trying to, yeah, literally, just hopefully now, just games, get the helmet on for the first time in a good while now, and uh, yeah, training. And club action, it, like.
0: yeah, and club action not coming back until later on in the year as well, because of the, the separate window, I mean, like, getting back to action with the club, I'd say, is going to be another massive moment.
7: Oh yeah, that's a huge boost, like, you'll be in contact with the club players as well, like, you know, they're doing what they can as well, it's been a stay fit, so, um, I know it's great like that uh, everyone's staying in touch anyway at least and the fellas aren't uh, losing the hope or anything like that so uh, yeah no it's, uh, it's good going yeah having it's
0: the sep- yeah having the separate window as well for the club is a, a big boost as well isn't
7: it yeah I think it is I think it is to be honest um, at least you can you know club players aren't in the dark they don't know like you know they can be like they can be told in a, in a week or two that you're playing a match you know at least they know now it's kind of laid out for them and uh I think that is, it's a better way to do it.
0: It's more fair. It certainly is. All right, Robbie, thanks very much for talking to us. Puck for Pieta happening this weekend. For more information, go to ie and it's all going for Pieta House. A very worthwhile cause. Robbie, thanks very much for talking to us today. No
7: problem, Robbie. Thanks a million, mate. Yeah, great
0: to talk to Robbie O'Flynn there, the Cork hurler, about that uh, puck for Pieta which happened uh, over the weekend and see Cork's return to action. Uh, how exciting is it? Going to have GA back in the next couple of weeks. You can hear Robbie just talking about it there, how excited he is about the whole thing. It's going to be absolutely fantastic to see Cork back in action uh, in the next couple of weeks. Really, really excited about that. But Puck for Pieta uh, uh, raised a lot of money over the weekend. It's still not too late to donate. I donate. IE forward slash core curling will get you to the page they've raised thousands already you can help them raise uh, a few more quid as well so go to idonate.ie forward slash core curling and that will get you to uh, the page where you can donate uh, all for a fantastic cause as well in Pieta House still scores between Leicester and Southampton with 25 minutes on the clock at Wembley mentioned the European Super League at the start of the show um it's an interesting situation that's developing the Premier League and UEFA have reacted angrily to the threat of six English clubs joining European Super League. Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea are believed to be among them who signed up to the new competition. Uh, former Manchester United defender Gary Neville uh, says a breakaway can't be allowed to happen.
3: I'm disgusted with Manchester United and Liverpool most. I mean, Liverpool, they pretend, you know, you'll never walk alone, the people's club, the fans' club. Manchester United, 100 years, born out of workers around here. And they're breaking away into a league without competition that they can't be relegated from. It's an absolute disgrace.
0: There's a little more than a hint of irony about Sky Sports presenters talking about football and culture and everything about that um, when they're talking about the European Super League. Um, but that's a discussion for another day because we are pretty much out of time. Thank you very much indeed for tuning in to us on the Big Red Bench this evening. And uh, we will have our podcast online shortly. And if you missed tonight's show or last night's show, visit redfm.ie or you can download your podcast wherever you get them from. We're back next Saturday from 6. The for Connor Halpin's up next with Green and Red. Three hours of the best Irish music coming your way. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, folks. We'll chat to you next week.
4: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Forks
0: Red FM.